Well, hello. It has been a very long time. <laughs> I am alive, if you were concerned. <laughs> Though, I doubt that you were concerned for my life because, well, it seems like an unreasonable concern generally. However, it's been a struggle recently. I don't know the last time I talked to you, Lib, and I think it's been a couple months since I've recorded. Like, probably almost exactly two months. I think? I don't know. So, please forgive me. Um, but I guess I'll start with this, because, and I, I wouldn't probably remember if it wasn't my bookmark, but. Who is this that appears like the dawn, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in procession? My friend, it is you. And of course that comes from Solomon's Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 10. Um, but, yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've read, and I really have no excuse other than Laziness and general mm, struggle. <laughs> the struggle is real with my men mental health. I was, for the past couple months, really, really down. Work was really stressing me out, like a lot. And I was feeling very, very, very incompetent and very... Like, I was questioning if this is even what I should do. Which, to be fair, I'm still wondering if this is the career path and the vocation that I am meant for. But I was really feeling like I, like I needed to leave. Um, and I was looking at jobs, and that was the only thing that made me feel better. Because I was like, oh, I don't like any of these jobs, and I'm not qualified for them. And so then it would remind me to be thankful that I have a job. <laughs> but, um... Jared started his job uh, last week. So, for the record, today is August 18th, 2023. And it is 12.16 p.m. Central Time. And yes, you might be asking, why aren't you working? It's a Friday. Well, I did work. And the thing is, I've been in the habit now of, of working like an extra hour or so, Monday through Thursday. And then when it comes to Friday, I could work like the full day and then... Or even more than, more than my forty, and get uh, overtime. But I recently don't have much to do, so I'm just like, meh, I am done now. So that's what I did today, and I did some chores, and then I was like, you know what? I really should read. I need to finish this stinking book, <laughs> and I feel bad because it's possible that you've been raptly, attentively following this story, and I've been letting you down. Um, I doubt that's the case, but if it is, let me flatter myself to imagine that's the case. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, so so yeah, I've been looking at jobs and I think part of me is like, oh, because I've known for, I had known for a while during July that Jared was going to start at the beginning of August and he started with the Stevens Point Fire Department. So he is a paramedic firefighter and he's for his first, first month in what they call academy so basically he goes there like weekdays Monday through Friday for like a normal 8 to 4 30 shift and is being trained on all the ins and outs so after his academy is done then he'll move to his regular shift which they're on a California which means they work 24 on and when I say 24 I mean 24 hours so 24 on 24 off 24 on 24 off 24 on 96 off so they work three days every other day and they have four days 
between the last day and the next day they work. So I guess it's kind of nice that I can see like really far into the future what he, what days he's going to be working and what days he'll be free. But of course it is going to be a change for us because he will be working on weekends. So potentially, of course. Um, so yeah, and this kind of like, we look forward and can see that he will not be able to go to Tara's wedding. Um, which is sad to me because he my date. So I will not have a date. <laughs> but um, he because he works on uh, like he works Friday and Sunday. So the wedding's of course on Saturday, but it's we can't. Yeah, it's just not gonna work. And I don't really know how his time off works. So that's basically um, not a possibility. So I think I'm back to my original point of hating work. <laughs> I was in this place and I, part of me was like, I think part of me subconsciously was like, he is going to be working full time, which means that I do not need, theoretically need to work full time or like he'll, he can like carry the benefits and I can, I can escape. But, um, I don't, I mean, I know I need to work, but like, I don't have a reason not to, I mean, like I don't have... <laughs> Because I was in this pl this weird place too. I was like, I should have a kid that I don't have to work. And then I'm like, that is not the reason I should. <laughs> that is not like should not be my number one reason for having a child. <laughs> That's outrageous. But um, yeah, so I was in this very unstable mental place and um, really just like like prayer was the only I was living on a prayer for real like prayer was the only thing making me like allowing me to relieve that burden and feel better um so however I finally got to a point where I was like I can't be on this team anymore and I don't know how much you like I think ever since I started reading to you I've been on this team or maybe it was around the time that I switched teams that I was reading. I don't even remember. But when I first became full-time, I joined Team Slate. And then I wasn't there for maybe six months before they were like, "You, we're, we need someone on Team Iron, so you need to go there and work on that stuff. And so I moved to that team, and it is quite dysfunctional. And it just wasn't... I never felt content. I never felt supported. I never felt good about it. And it came to a head where I'm just like, do I even want to be writing code for a living? Like, can I even do this? And should I even do this? And I finally was like, and I like, how long, like at least a year of being in my one-on-ones with my manager being like, I hate this. Wah, wah, wah. Just whining. And if I, he finally was like, if you want, if you want to move teams, you need to say like for sure, and then I will make it happen. And I'm like, mm, I don't know, is the grass like? And then I was like, oh no, do I just like stay here in the misery that I know instead of like potentially entering a new misery? <laughs> so I'm like, is the grass really greener? I don't know, but it all came to a head 
I don't know, maybe a month ago where I'm just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And part of it, I was goaded on by the people in the book club because I'm also in the book club and I don't know how much I've told you about the book club, but the book club is drama. <laughs> the book club can be quite drama and it was recently. Um, but they like keep pushing me and they're like, you need to go on a different team. You need blah, blah, blah. And so finally I was just like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And in a one-on-one I was like, I don't want to be on this team anymore. I, ideally... I would be on this other kind of team, but blah, 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 blah. And then the next thing I know, like, I, I was like, okay, is anything going to happen? I'm wondering, waiting. And it's like, my boss didn't talk to anyone above him about it. And I'm just like, mm, please do. And then he did. And then, like, literally, I got a phone call on Thursday afternoon. And it was my boss and, like, a higher-up boss like his boss's boss or whatever. And they were like, what do you think about moving to this other team? Because they're starting a new project on Monday and it can be a trial period. And I'm just like, hmm, it's the team that I was on before. So I kind of know what it's like, but I'm like, I wasn't sure if that's the type, because it's basically the same type of work, which is like writing code and writing functionality in the software that doesn't exist there at all. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about writing new, because I don't feel competent to make decisions, like decisions to write new things from scratch. I was, I wasn't sure what I'm like, I don't know. So, you know, I was like, you know what? It can't be worse than it is now. So yes, please. I would like to do that. And so like I show up to my team meeting on Friday and I'm like, okay, I'm not on your team anymore. Starting Monday. Bye. And it felt so weird. And I feel like kind of bad about it, but also, um, I didn't like, there was no projects ready and all the projects that I could work on were like, I don't know how to do this, like figure it out. And I really hate that. So, um, yeah. So I moved to this new team and there's immediately things to do. And I'm immediately, like, feeling impactful and good. And, like, the meetings are good because the people on the team are seemingly more engaged and, like, supportive. And it's just, it's been a good change. So I'm feeling quite a bit better mentally. And, like, my, I don't, like, stress about work when I'm not at work anymore. Like, it's literally been two weeks. And I just, it feels better. My attitude just feels better. So... Yeah, I guess that you can see that. The proof is in the pudding that I'm here reading to you. But the drama with the book club... No. <laughs> last... I don't know. It was last week or the week before. We had our book club. Because we we meet for a book. So we post a poll. And we vote on what book we're going to read. And people are adding choices to the poll. So... Um, we vote and then we read the book and then about a month later we meet up and talk about the book and so we did this and then this last meeting I don't know I do know what went awry but essentially the conversation turned and it was like oh no Monica's a conservative I can't believe she has such audacious <laughs> thoughts and like ideals and it became, like, this weird attack situation where these very liberal people were, like, just attacking me. And I'm just like, ah. But, um, so, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess ultimately it was fine because I'm like, well, I don't regret, like, saying what I think. Like, saying how 
how I think about things. Like, I don't regret, I don't want to hide and pretend I'm someone I'm not. But I also don't like that I'm, like, seemingly the only person who thinks this way. And it just feels like um, open open war on me. <laughs> but I did receive an apology to be like, we did not mean to... I don't remember the verbiage, but basically, we did not mean to dogpile on you and attack you. We just don't often have these conversations. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you're not, like, friends with people. Like, all your friends are of the similar mind, so of course. And <laughs> I didn't say that, obviously, but but it was an interesting thing because they basically are like, oh, this is such a curious situation because normally when we have these discussions, um, I... I don't know that I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but essentially the gist was we don't, we aren't concerned about being like respectful or kind because we are not friends. Like we do not have a relationship where we like, like the person who has these ideas that we are disputing and disagreeing on. So it was like a weird thing, but, um, yeah. So that's how book club got crazy. A few weeks ago. And now we're going to be reading a new, we're starting a new book naturally, which I only just downloaded to my Kindle. But enough about that and enough about me. It's time for me to actually read. And today I will be picking up where I left off, which is at the beginning of chapter nine. And for the record, these chapters in like, <clears throat> excuse me, in the text um, are denoted with Roman numerals, which is a struggle for you, girl. <laughs> so I have to double check every time because I'm like, hmm, what does this mean? But um, yeah, so this is chapter nine of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And chapter nine is called The Mock Turtle's Story. And so um, if I'm recalling correctly, we just got done with a game of croquet with the queen. So, let's go. You can't think how glad I am to see you again, you dear old thing, said the Duchess, as she tucked her arm affectionately into Alice's, and they walked off together. Alice was very glad to find her in such a pleasant temper, and though to herself that perhaps it was only the pe- I don't even, like, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I naturally have not read this yet, so the words do not- Let me try again and get the correct tempo. <laughs> Alice was very glad to find her in such a pleasant temper, and thought to herself that perhaps it was only the pepper that had made her so savage when they met in the kitchen. When I'm a duchess, she said to her, okay, the, the, the text has been rubbed off the page, so I'm going to, I'm hoping that I can interpret what these words are supposed to be. She said to herself, not in a very hopeful tone, though, I won't have any pepper in my kitchen at all. Soup does very well without. Maybe it's always pepper that makes people hot-tempered, she went on, very much pleased at having found out a new kind of rule, and vinegar that makes them sour, and chamomile that makes them bitter, and the and and, 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 and there's only two ands, but and, and barley sugar and such things that make children sweet-tempered. I only wish people knew that. Then they wouldn't be so stingy about it, you know? She had quite forgotten the Duchess by this time and was a little startled when she heard her voice close to her ear. You're thinking about something, my dear, and that makes you forget to talk. I can't tell you just now what the moral of that is, but I shall remember it in a bit. 
Perhaps it hasn't one, Alice ventured to remark. Tut, tut, child, said the Duchess. Everything's got a moral, if only you can find it. Ooh, what a thought. That's quite a thought. And I would agree. And she squeezed herself up closer to Alice's side as she spoke. Alice did not much like her keeping so close to her. First, because the Duchess was very ugly. And secondly, because she was exactly the right height to rest her chin on Alice's shoulder. And it was an uncomfortably sharp chin. However, she did not like to be rude, so she bore it as well as she could. The game's going on rather better now, she said, by way of keeping up the conversation a little. "'Tis so,' said the Duchess, and the moral of that is, "'Oh, tis love, tis love that makes the world go round.'" Ooh, I like that notion, because it is, because God is love, and God made the world. What a curious thing to say, it's love that makes the world go round, yes. Somebody said, Alice whispered, that it's done by everybody minding their own business. Ah, well, it means much the same thing. <laughs> Wait, so that's what love is, is minding your own business? <laughs> Am I interpreting this correctly? Maybe. I don't know. Okay, so that's what the Duchess said, digging her sharp little chin into Alice's shoulder as she added, and the moral of that is... Take care of the sense, and the sounds will take care of themselves. Now we've got a split, and there is a picture. And so I will describe it to you, of course. So we've got Alice standing next to the Duchess. And of course, they are approximately the same height. However, the Duchess is taller, but her head is massive. So yes, her sharp little chin could, does reach about Alice's shoulder. And so she's got this massive, the Duchess has this massive head and she's wearing this massive, like, headdress. I don't know what it would be called, but, like, I'm, like, imagine a Shakespeare when they wear, the ladies wear those big old hats. Like, I don't even know. I don't know. But um, then Alice is holding, under her arm, she's holding a flamingo. How fond she is of finding morals in things, Alice thought to herself. I dare say you're wondering why I don't put my arm round your waist, the Duchess said after a pause. The reason is that I'm doubtful about the temper of your flamingo. Shall I try the experiment? He might bite, Alice cautiously replied, not feeling at all anxious to have the experiment tried. <laughs> oh, man, Alice, you spicy. That's funny. Very true, said the Duchess. Flamingos and mustard both bite. And the moral of that is, birds of a feather flock together. Only mustard isn't a bird, Alice remarked. Right, as usual, said the Duchess. What a clear way you have of putting things. It's a mineral, I think, said Alice. Why, what? <laughs> of course it is, said the Duchess, who seemed ready to agree to everything that Alice said. There's a large mustard machine near here, and the moral of that is, the more there is of mine, the less there is of yours. Mustard. Mustard, how, how do mustard become mustard? Like, I know that a mustard seed produces a tree, but I don't under, I don't, I've never contemplated how mustard becomes the sauce that it is. What is, 
I don't know. I'll have to look into that, I guess. Oh, I know, exclaimed Alice, who had not attended to this last remark. It's a vegetable. It doesn't look like one, but it is. I quite agree with you, said the Duchess. And the moral of that is, be what you would seem to be. Or, if you'd like it put more simply, never imagine yourself not to be otherwise than what it might appear to others that what you were or might have been was not otherwise than what you had been would have appeared to them to be otherwise. I think I should understand that better, Alice said very politely. And I agree, Alice. I think I should, I would need to read that several more times in order to understand it, but I will not. <laughs> if I had it written down, but I can't quite follow it as you say. Agreed, Alice. Agreed. I should have finished reading that and then I could just fully agree. That's nothing to what I could, could say if I chose, the Duchess replied in a pleased tone. Pray, don't trouble yourself to say it any longer than that, said Alice. Oh, don't talk about trouble, said the Duchess. I make you a present of everything I've said as yet. A cheap sort of present, thought Alice. I'm glad people don't give birthday presents like that. But she did not venture to say it out loud. Thinking again, the Duchess asked, with another dig of her sharp little chin. Oh, I don't know if you can hear that, but I think my timer downstairs is going off. Oopsie poopsie, because I put laundry in, but I hope it will just stop on its own. Perhaps I should go shout at her to dismiss it, because it's the Google Home. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, well, I went and dismissed the timer, but I do not know if it actually dismissed or if it just ran out of, of running. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, where was I? Do -do 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 -do. Thinking again. Okay, I'm just going to start right there. Thinking again, the Duchess asked, oops, sorry for all the extraneous noise, sitting at my desk and um, my my work desk upstairs and it's, I don't know, I've got my keyboard and I, I bumped it, I think. Anyway, uh, okay, where were we? Thinking again, the Duchess asked with another dig of her sharp little chin. I have a right to think, said Alice sharply, for she was beginning to feel a little worried. Just about as much right said the Duchess, as pigs have to fly, and the... M but here, to Alice's great surprise, the Duchess's voice died away, even in the middle of her favorite word, moral, and the arm that was linked into hers began to tremble. Alice looked up, and there stood the Queen in front of them, with her arms folded, frowning like a thunderstorm. Frowning like a thunderstorm? Okay. A fine day, your majesty. Oh, this is a low, weak voice. I'm sorry. A fine day, your majesty, the duchess began in a low, weak voice. Now I give you fair warning, shouted the queen, stamping on the ground as she spoke. Either you or your head must be off, and that in about half no time. In about half no time. Take your choice. I don't know what that means. In about half no time. Okay, anyway. The duchess took her choice and was gone in a moment. Let's go on with the game, the Alice said, the, Alice, the Queen said to Alice. And Alice was too much frightened to say a word, but slowly followed her back to the croquet ground. The other guests had taken advantage of the Queen's absence and were resting in the shade. However, the moment they saw her, they hurried back to the game, the Queen merely remarking that a moment's delay would cost them their lives. 
all the time they were playing, the queen never left off quarreling with the other players and shouting, Off with his head or off with her head! Those whom she sentenced were taken into custody by the soldiers, who of course had to leave off being arches to do this, so that by the end of half an hour or so, there were no arches left. And all the players, except the king, the queen, and Alice, were in custody and under sentence of execution. Then the queen left off, quite out of breath, and said to Alice, Have you seen the mock turtle yet? Mock turtle. That just reminds me of mock trial. Remember that, Lib? Remember when, when, you, when you were involved in such an activity? And remember how the teacher, who is the, I don't even know what the word is, facilitator for that club, turned out to be a pedo? A creepy pedo? How weird. Anyway. No, said Alice. I don't even know what a mock turtle is. It's the thing mock turtle soup is made from, said the queen. I never saw one or heard of one, said Alice. Come on then, said the queen, and he shall tell you his history. As they walked off together, Alice heard the king say in a low voice to the company generally, You are all pardoned. Come, that's a good thing, she said to herself, for she had felt quite unhappy at the number of executions the queen had ordered. They very soon came upon a griffin, laying, sorry, lying fast asleep in the sun. If you don't know what a griffin is, look at the picture. <laughs> okay, there's a drawing on the next page, and I'll describe it when I get there. Up, lazy thing, said the queen, and take this young lady to see the mock turtle and to hear his history. I must go back and see after some executions I have ordered. And she walked off, leaving Alice alone with the griffin. Alice did not quite like the look of the creature, but on the whole, she thought it would be quite as safe to stay with it as to go after the savage queen, so she waited. The griffin sat up and rubbed its eyes. Then it watched the queen till she was out of sight. Then it chuckled. What fun, said the griffin, half to itself, half to Alice. What is the fun, said Alice. Why, she, said the griffin. It's all her fancy that they never executes nobody and, you know, come on. I think I said and and I shouldn't have said anyway. Everybody says come on here, thought Alice, as she went slowly after it. I never was so ordered about before in all my life. Never. And so we have the image of a griffin, which has the head of an eagle and it has, well, it's the front half, I think, is like an eagle or a bird of prey. And so it has wings and a beak and it's got talons on its front fingies. <laughs> it's got like a bird foot. <laughs> and then the back half is that of a lion. And it, yeah, so this picture, it's laying down, curled up. They had not gone far before they saw the mock turtle in the distance, sitting sad and lonely on a little ledge of rock, and as they came nearer, Alice could hear him sighing as if his heart would break. She pitied him deeply. What is his sorrow? she asked the griffin, and the griffin answered very nearly in the same words as before. It's all his fancy, that. He hasn't got no sorrow, you know. Come on! So they went up to the mock turtle who looked at them with large eyes full of tears, but said nothing. 
This here young lady, said the griffin, she wants for to know your history, she do. I'll tell it, I'll tell it her, said the, oh, this is a deep, he's, okay, I'll let me try again. I'll tell it her, said the mock turtle in a deep, hollow tone. Sit down, both of you, and don't speak a word till I've finished. So they sat down, and nobody spoke for some minutes. Alice thought to herself. I don't see how he can ever finish if he doesn't begin. But she waited patiently. And I turn the page and there is a picture at the top. And so it is the image of Alice and the griffin sitting um, on the ground with like their knees in front of them and their hands folded on their knees. And the mock turtle is a weird looking creature that is standing on a rock. And so, okay, so it's got the body of a turtle, and it's got the front, like, turtle arms, and its head. I don't even know what its head looks like. It's like, I want to say it kind of looks like a rabbit, but it also kind of looks like, I don't know, like, maybe like a deer or something? Like, I, I don't know, but there's big tears coming out of its eyes. And then it looks like it has a tail, like a, like a lion tail. And it has, its hind legs are like hoofs, like deer hooves. Once, said the mock turtle at last with a deep sigh, I was a real turtle. These words were followed by a very long silence, broken only by an occasional exclamation of Jack from the griffin. <laughs> I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> the exclamation, right? And the constant heavy sobbing of the mock turtle. Alice was very nearly getting up and saying, Thank you, sir, for your interesting story. But she could not help thinking there must be more to come. So she sat still and said nothing. When we were little, the mock turtle went on at last, more calmly, though still sobbing a little now and then. We went to school in the sea. The master was an old turtle. We used to call him Tortoise. Why did you call him Tortoise if he wasn't one? Alice asked. <laughs> we called him Tortoise because he taught us, said the Mock Turtle. Oh, he said this angrily. We called him Tortoise because he taught us, said the Mock Turtle angrily. Really, you are very dull. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for asking such a simple question, added the Griffin. And then they both sat silent and looked at poor Alice, who felt ready to sink into the earth. At last, the griffin said to the mock turtle, Drive on, old fellow. Don't be all day about it. And he went on in these words. Yes, we went to school in the sea. Though you mayn't believe it. I never said I didn't, interrupted Alice. You did, said the mock turtle. Hold your tongue, added the griffin before Alice could speak again. The mock turtle went on. We had the best of educations. In fact, we went to school every day. I've been to day school too, said Alice. You needn't be so proud as all that. With extras, asked the mock turtle a little anxiously. Yes, said Alice. We learned French and music. And washing, said the mock turtle. Certainly not, said Alice indignantly. Ah, uh, then yours wasn't a really good school, <laughs> said the Mock Turtle, in a tone of great relief. Now, at ours, they had, at the end of the bill, 
French music and washing extra. You couldn't have wanted it much, said Alice, living at the bottom of the sea. I couldn't afford to learn it, said the Mock Turtle with a sigh. I only took the regular course. What was that? inquired Alice. Reeling and writhing, of course, to begin with, the Mock Turtle replied. And then the different branches of arithmetic, ambition, distraction, uglification, and derision. I never heard of uglification, Alice ventured to say. What is it? The griffin lifted up both its paws in surprise. Never heard of uglifying, it exclaimed. You know what to beautify is, I suppose. Yes, said Alice doubtfully. It means to make anything prettier. Well then, the griffin went on, if you don't know what to uglify is, you are a simpleton. Alice did not feel encouraged to ask any more questions about it, so she turned to the mock turtle and said, What else had you to learn? Well, there was mystery, the mock turtle replied, counting off the subjects on his flappers. Mystery, ancient and modern, with seaography, then drawing, and the drawing master was an old conger eel that used to come once a week. He taught us drawing, stretching, and fainting in coils. What was that like? said Alice. Well, I can't show it you myself, the mock turtle said. I'm too stiff, and the griffin never learnt it. Hadn't time, said the griffin. I went to the classical master, though. He was an old crab, he was. I never went to him, the mock turtle said with a sigh. He taught laughing and grief, they used to say. So he did, so he did, said the griffin, sighing in his turn, and both creatures hid their faces in their paws. And how many hours a day did you do lessons, said Alice, in a hurry to change the subject. Ten hours the first day, said the mock turtle, nine the next, and so on. What a curious plan, exclaimed Alice. That's the reason they're called lessons, the griffin remarked. Because they lesson from day to day. She was quite, that, that, this was quite a new idea to Alice, and she thought it over a little before she made her next remark. Then the eleventh day must have been a holiday? Of course it was, said the Mock Turtle. And how did you manage on the twelfth? Alice went on eagerly. That's enough about lessons, the Griffin interrupted in a very decided tone. Tell her something about the games now. And that is the end of chapter 9 of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Love you.